Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. This is the Character and Smallman Podcast on 101 ESPN. Would you describe your feelings as confident that there will still be a season? I'm not confident. I, I think there's real risk. As long as there's no dialogue, that real risk is going to continue. We're going to play baseball in 2020, 100%. It's something less than 100, that's for sure. That is the inimitable Rob Manfred, Commissioner of Major League Baseball. Good morning, everyone. 701, your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. Michelle Smallman, Randy Carricker, great to have you with us on a Thursday morning on 101 ESPN. Good morning, Michelle. Good morning, Randy. How are you today? I'm really excited. I was listening to the Fast Lane yesterday. I'm so excited about baseball and uh, Rob <laughs> Manfred. We just heard from him coming up with this agreement and him telling his owners to proceed like they're going to have a, a baseball season. Pretty exciting news. You you would like to think that it's exciting news, the fact that both sides are negotiating, the fact that they met in person and that they've developed this framework, exciting news, but... But the MLBPA <laughs> tweets very succinctly, there is no agreement. And <sighs> Rob Manfred, for the second time, because we did have the March 26th quote-unquote agreement as well, for the second time, he thinks he has an agreement and he doesn't. And this time he thinks he has an agreement and the players are saying, no, it's a proposal. <laughs> this is, it's a step towards progress. I don't want to completely dismiss it because the fact that, because we, we thought that both sides were just going to stay where they were, that the anger would fester and that everything was going to blow up. The fact that both sides said, hey, we realize what a disaster this is. Let's get together. Let's discuss this is a step towards progress. I think a lot of the things that have been presented are steps towards progress. But until I see baseball players on the field actually playing games, I have zero confidence that this thing is not going to blow up. And from the players' perspective, they're saying that the owners have leaked the details. And Kevin Ken Rosenthal of The Athletic and MLB Network gave us some of the details, including the MLB proposal, including 60 games in 70 days, the season starting July 19th or 20th, full prorated salary, 100% of their per-game salary the, the players would get, plus expanded playoffs this year and next, waiving of any potential grievance, that would be the billion dollars we were talking about yesterday and the DH for 20 and 21. The players are saying 60 games isn't enough. That's the belief that we have right now. And Jeff Passan said that they will respond to what they think is a proposal. There still is no trust, but the fact that Rob Manfred and Tony Clark got together was at least a step in the right direction and a necessary step, too, because after after Manfred came out a couple days ago saying, I'm not confident, the season could be canceled, you know, that's a bold statement right there. And I, I think that in the end, the players want to play. I hope that in the end, the owners want to play. And I think those motivations aligning, figuring out what is a mutually beneficial season for everyone to have is what will put them on the pathway to an actual deal. And so Rob Manfred last night 
sent out this release. Tony Clark and I met for several hours yesterday in Phoenix. We left that meeting with a jointly developed framework that we agreed could form the basis of an agreement. So we left with a jointly developed framework that we agreed could form the basis of an agreement. That's a lot of maybes. Could <laughs> form the basis of yeah. an agreement. So it's, and it's a framework that they agreed could form the basis <laughs> of an agreement. <laughs> if, you un- if you underlined and took out every kind of maybe word in there, I wonder what that sentence would look like. Oh, that'd be interesting. We'll we'll do that. It would just say we talked. Yeah, basically. basically. <laughs> uh, and he said, uh, subject to conversations with our respective constituents. I summarized that framework numerous times in uh, the meeting, and I sent Tony a written summary today, consistent with our conversations yesterday. I am encouraging the clubs to move forward, and I trust Tony is doing the same. I wanted to get that last sentence in there because we mentioned the other day Ken Rosenthal reported, and apparently. It, it it has not changed. There are eight owners that at this point don't want to play a season, and that's the number of owners needed to stop a vote for a season, to to say, if we don't play, we aren't playing. He needs 75% to, to say we're playing. I just think that's so outrageous that eight baseball owners would prefer to not play baseball. Crazy. It's cr- absolutely crazy. And by the way, the Cardinals are one of those teams apparently that does want to play. Yes, they, and you can see why because they have the agreement with Fox Sports Midwest, and they do want to protect their fan base. They don't want to have a season disappear. And one of the reasons the Dewitts got the team for the price they did in 1995, the 150 million dollars is because of the strike of 94. They were buying low from the brewery. The the brewery could have sold for a lot more that year, but it was coming off of that strike, and nobody was coming to the games, and nobody wanted to watch them on TV, and they weren't that good. There were a lot of negatives when the DeWitts bought the team. They turned it around in a hurry, but it could go backwards in a big hurry if they don't play it all this year. Yeah. When I'm looking at the, the framework here, there's three words that pop out to me. Full prorated salary. Mm-hmm. Don't you think that that's, it, that's what we've been arguing about the entire time? If the owners were willing to do that, why have we gotten to this point? Right. And the players obviously want more games. So the owners, even though that number has changed of what they're willing to pay the players, I have to believe it's on the heels of the new postseason deal with TNT mm-hmm. that they want to get TNT to show postseason games so that they can make a bunch of money off of it. I would think that that's part of the reason. And 60 games is probably more palatable to them than 72 is. Here's another point. If they would go to arbitration, this is more of a good faith negotiation than offering 83% or 80% or 50% of what they would or the players would ordinarily make so maybe this is just a legal maneuver on the part of the owners to say okay well we're at least making a representative offer and how can they say we're not dealing in good faith here absolutely and it was a four-hour negotiation it wasn't hey we're showing up here's what we have here's what we have we're blowing up we're walking away the fact that they're actually conversing about this is positive so are the players willing to die on that hill for 72 games again here's jeff passon the union's going to come back with a proposal of its own and the question is how many games is it going to be? They're not going to be happy with the 60 games. I can tell you that right now. They're not happy with the 60 games. They're not happy with the way that this information has come out. They're not happy with the fact that Marco Rubio is out tweeting, there's going to be a baseball season. You know, they, they feel like this is information that's been planted by Major League Baseball. But you also don't want to get the, let that get in the way of the ultimate goal here, which is to play. All right, Michelle, I have to admit that I'm... I'm 
in this particular situation, jaded. And I am, at heart, an optimistic, happy person. I want things to work out. And I have spent seven minutes here being negative. But you hit the nail on the head right off the bat. That this, The fact that they met, the fact that it, they, they aren't saying that I don't feel confident about the season, they, the fact that they can talk about the word framework for an agreement is, by definition, a positive thing. It is. It is positive. And you would like to think that both sides have been paying attention and that they've been seeing the fallout of this. They've been seeing how angry people are. They've been watching what they have done and they're looking around and they're seeing the debris of their own actions. And Manfred and Tony Clark are probably like, hey, we we know what the future is going to look like if we don't hash this out right now. And so even though we don't have a, a confirmed agreement yet, I think we're trending that way. And if if they can work their way through all of the physical issues, we still have a major problem with a pandemic. But in the big picture, they were supposed to start on the 4th of July. If they start two weeks later instead, is that really that big of a deal? In theory, no. But... You would like to have said, okay, do we really have to go through all of this to mm-hmm. eventually arrive at two weeks later? We would have liked to have had a smoother road yes. to get to July 19th. It's just outrageous that it has taken this long for both parties to recognize the importance of getting this deal done. And I will say this about Roger Goodell. As much as I despise him, <laughs> if, if uh, well... If we get a bulletin during the show today that Roger Goodell dropped dead, thoughts and prayers. That's it. That's it. That's it. Okay? I, I don't like the guy. But he did a good job in 2011 of keeping, uh, of hurting his group of billionaires and not having them get out in the media and talk. He does a better, obviously Adam Silver has done a wonderful job of keeping his owners quiet. Rob Manfred has no ability whatsoever to get his people on the same page in regards to having a nice, quiet, easy negotiation. And it might be him or people in his office, but whatever it is, he doesn't do a good job of leading people to be quiet. I really would love to know how those conversations went. If Manfred said, hey, do not leak any of this to the media, and then an owner just couldn't help himself and is texting Ken Rosenthal or if Rob Manfred hasn't even said anything and is just allowing it to happen because he thinks it's beneficial for the owners to get this information out in public. I really would love to know the process behind that. And the question is, obviously, from a fan's perspective, we don't think that Rob Manfred is very good at his job. But how's he doing? And if he gets this done, do we say, okay, good job, Rob. That's next on 101 ESPN. Question of the day. Is Rob Manfred some sort of a magical genius <laughs> in his negotiating ploys? And if he's able to pull off an agreement, he and Tony Clark, do we owe Rob Manfred an apology for the way that he got to the finish line? Because I called him an idiot yesterday. Now, mm-hmm. I, I'll, right. I'll give you my opinion. I That opinion isn't going to change. I still think he's an idiot. Do I think that we owe Rob Manfred an apology if a deal gets done? Absolutely not. Because it shouldn't take 
your entire house bursting into flames and you looking around before you grab a hose. As soon as you see the fire start to spark up, that's when you go get the water. And he allowed the fire to continue to burn until it was almost completely decimated. And then he said, all right, I'll go ahead and call the fire department. You don't do that. You... It seems like he has been very reactionary to all of these things instead of proactive. And you would have liked to have thought that baseball would have been more proactive in understanding the importance of getting this deal done for the viability of their sports and for this the sports fans in America. We could have had this done weeks ago. You could have avoided all of this discussion about how boring your sport is and how people are done because they're sick of hearing millionaires and billionaires fight over money. You could have avoided so much of this fallout. So even if a deal gets done, no, I'm not a Apologizing, you messed up. And even though they may come to an agreement, there are two things that stick out to me. Number one, it would have been very easy for baseball, for Major League Baseball, and the players could say and do what they wanted in regards to money. But the focus from day one until now by Manfred and ownership should have been on the health and safety of the players. Bingo. Negotiate the money behind the scenes, but front and center for the public, hey, the reason that we don't have a thing done is because we're really concerned about this pandemic. This is something that is affecting all of America. They didn't play their cards right that way. And then the other part is, here we are in a polarized society anyway. You've got 50-50 about a lot of things. And they really pitted their own group of fans against each other, Mm -hmm. whether you were going to be in the players' camp or the owners' camp. Baseball should be a unifying force at all times, not just when they're playing or not just when a team wins a World Series. But when you are trying to be a leader of the country, what you don't do is try to plant your flag so that, okay, well, cheer for us, or you're going to cheer for the players. And what they did was they divided their own constituency. And Manfred is to blame for that, too. And I'm like you. I can't say apologize to him. Sure, he might get to the finish line, but the way he got to the finish line was really disingenuous. How many times did we say people aren't mad at the owners or the players anymore? People are mad at Major League Baseball. You're right. They sought to divide and say this side is right, that side is right, but it actually worked against them because everyone ended up getting frustrated with both sides. You know what's interesting? Yesterday we talked about Jack Flaherty. Mm -hmm. We talked about would you trade Jack Flaherty for Nolan Arenado? Pre all of this squabbling and Jack Flaherty talking about it on Twitter, I think more people were definitely endeared towards Jack Flaherty. It's amazing how many people texted in, tweeted into us saying, after after I saw what he's saying on Twitter about the owners, he can go. I'm sick of I'm sick of hearing him talk about ownership and talk about this mm-hmm. fight on Twitter. He can go. And isn't that sad to think that this infighting between owners and players and players speaking out or owners leaking information, whichever side annoyed you, made you want to turn against a guy who wears your laundry and represents your city and and is exciting to watch it just is a it's a bummer in a lot of different ways and baseball could have avoided this both sides could have avoided this and interestingly if they do reach the finish line buster only was on with spain and company last night and talked about what baseball owners are seeing from their leader right now the fact that you, you essentially had the owner's surrender and wave the white flag and and acknowledge uh, what they should have acknowledged five weeks ago and and 
made a significant compromise, and it's got to be the first question to Rob Manfred and, and the next time he gets in front of reporters. Where was this five weeks ago? Why, why did you drag the sport uh, through all this crap here in recent weeks rather than just find middle ground back then? It makes no sense. Made no sense then. It makes no sense now. And it shouldn't only be the first question when Rob Manfred next talks to the media. It should be the first question the next time he talks to the thirty owners. Is why did we wave the white flag this much later? And why did you make us look like this? Why do you make us? I would say that if there is a majority, fifty-one percent at least, probably a lot more, are pro-player. Mm-hmm. in this situation mm-hmm. and it's going to hurt the business of baseball so if you're an owner you're asking the exact same thing hey i'm fine with getting into a tough battle and all these guys have rolled in the mud economically and in business but not to lose these guys don't lose and when you wave the white flag you lose you're right except i think that those conversations have already been had with rob manfred because he is the owner's mouthpiece so while yes they should be saying if we're gonna lose why don't we lose five weeks ago and they may might want to point the finger at him it's only themselves to blame it's only they're telling him what to do they're dictating the tone of all of this they're the ones leaking the information they were the ones dragging this out they're the ones that have a, a a not a not insignificant group of owners that don't even want to play. So at some point, yes, if you're the commissioner of baseball, the responsibility falls on you to get this done. But if he's dealing with a group of owners that is essentially going rogue and leaking all this stuff to the information or all this information to the media, etc., what is he really supposed to do? But here's the way I look at it, Michelle. You're 100% correct there. But he came back to them in March and said, "Okay, we got a deal." And the player said, well, not really. We don't because you didn't get this in writing about being able to implement X amount of games or that we would have to come back to the table if we were going to play without fans. Yeah, our lawyers talked about it, but their lawyers didn't even take notes on it. So there's nothing concrete. Owners thought we could return to the negotiating table and players were saying, heck no, we got a deal. So they made a bad deal initially and that goes to Manfred. And now something as simple as this for him to represent the owners and tell the owners, okay, get ready to go. And then for the major league baseball players association communications to say uh, on Twitter, come out immediately and say, there is no agreement and be that strident about it. I think it's one thing to to do the owner's bidding, but another to do it correctly. And I think that right. would be the issue if I were an owner is, okay, you told us you had a deal that we could come back to the negotiating table. Obviously, you didn't. Now you tell us you have a deal for 60 games. Obviously, you don't. How much else have you screwed up? <laughs> Great point. It's it's kind of like once one thing is revealed, you're kicking open the closet and you're yeah. seeing all the skeletons. But it's just the way you're laying that out is so funny to me that he's coming out saying, yep, we, we had this great conversation. It seems like a framework is in place. And immediately as he's saying this, he's getting a notification probably on his phone that the PA has pushed out a statement, <laughs> an official statement. No deal has been made. Yeah. It's just outrageous. All of this is outrageous. Yeah. And here's the other thing. If I'm one of the, if I'm a successful owner, if I'm a DeWitt, if I'm a Steinbrenner, if I'm a uh, Magic Johnson in L.A., Artie Moreno, business-wise, they do very well. And there are eight guys that don't want to play. 
that's another thing. You have to marshal the forces if you're a commissioner. You have to get everybody on the same page. And to have a third of your league that doesn't even want to play would be troubling for me as an owner, too. Now, I'm going to go to those owners and say, look, we got to play. If you're going to be in this club, we're playing. That's mm-hmm. just part of the deal. Otherwise, we're going to find a way to get you out of here. And if you can't do that, then you got to do something with the commissioner. What's concerning to me is that eight owners have vocalized that they're comfortable not playing. And whenever you look at any sort of an election, a voting situation, there's people who are vocally yes, vocally no, and then there's the gray area. There's Mm -hmm. the middle area. And I wonder how many owners have not vocally said, I'm good with not playing, but are definitely thinking it. Tommy Lasorda used to say, say, you got a 25-man roster, you've got a third that love you and a third that hate you and a third that don't really know. And the key as a manager is to keep that third that hates you away from the third that don't really know. Great point. And Rob Manfred hasn't been able to keep, well, he, he better be able to keep that third. But right now, those eight owners, if you aren't aware, aren't aware of it, eight owners, if they would vote, can block to not play baseball this year. If, if eight owners say, we don't want to play that's enough to prevent Major League Baseball from playing this year. And I wonder if any of those owners are calling up owners they know are in the middle, trying to whip some votes, if yeah. you know what I mean. And again, if you're DeWitt, then you're calling those guys and saying, hey, we, we got to play. And if we don't play, that revenue sharing that you're getting from the Cardinals and the Yankees and uh, the Angels and the Dodgers, we're going to change that next CBA and you aren't getting revenue sharing. You have to threaten them economically. Let let Bill DeWitt make the call. Yeah, no <laughs> doubt about, about it. That's Michelle. I'm Randy. And this is Carriker and Smallman on 101 ESPN. Coming up, we're going to head to the Brown and Coupin Celebrity Line and our buddy Robert Flores, Roflo of MLB Network, will be with us on 101 ESPN. Michelle Smallman, Randy Carricker on 101 ESPN in St. Louis. And we go now to the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line. Robert Flores of NFL Network, NFL, MLB Network, kind enough to join us here on 101 ESPN. You guys in your networks, man, but MLB Network is where it's at. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I, I just can't believe I'm on a celebrity line. Jeez, <laughs> you guys are kind of using that term a little loosely, I feel. Uh, we all know Roflo. Hey, uh, Robert, we had a, a huge conversation that lasted throughout the day here on our station, but I, I want to get your take on this. I texted Greg Amzinger about it. Uh, mm-hmm. Jack Flaherty for Nolan Arenado. Who says no? Oh, uh, I don't know. I, <laughs> I mean... Uh, geez, I, I love both of those talents. I mean, I, I love both of those players, but um, who? There, there, there's a lot of money owed to Nolan Arenado, and uh, the pitching is young, solid, amazing pitching. Is is doesn't exactly grow on trees. Boy, that is a really tough. T- that's tough, man. <laughs> I didn't expect you to hit me like that. That's, um, that's why it was a great conversation all day. I, I know. You could make the argument either way. <laughs> I, I don't know if I'd have the guts to do that. Uh, either way, I really don't. Uh, what, what did Greg say? Uh, Greg said that uh, it would be the Rockies that would say no because they need bulk pitching. Just one guy, as great as he is, wouldn't yeah. be the answer for them. Yeah, that, and that makes sense. And, and like I said, uh, you know, Arenado's contract and, you know, so that, that is a big, that is a big chance to take if you're going to pull the trigger there. But 
Um, I, I kind of lean with what Greg is saying. I mean, they, they, they need more than one guy, but man, that would be a hell of a deal. Absolutely. See, we're, and that's talking baseball, right? We're, it's a baseball conversation. I know. That's why I was a little surprised. <laughs> I was, thought we were going to talk about the negotiations and all that other stuff, but uh, that, that is an actual baseball trade. You know what? They, they should actually just do that trade just anyway, just so we kind of, just so we can right. steer the conversation to on-field stuff. Well, it got a lot of traction here yesterday. Roflo, so pitch it to MLB Network. You, can, you guys can do an entire day. <laughs> Who says no to this trade? Absolutely. <laughs> okay, well, let's talk about these negotiations. We finally have Tony Clark, Rob Manfred in a room face-to-face, four hours. We're hearing about this framework. We're thinking, yay, progress is being made. And then we're seeing press releases. A deal has not been made. So so I want a confidence check from you. Yesterday morning when you woke up to when you went to bed yes or when you went to bed last night, how much more confident are you that we will see baseball in twenty twenty? Um I well, I mean, I, I was more confident in the morning, but then as I went to bed and started hearing those things that you're referencing, I become less confident. So I'm exactly where I was say Tuesday, you know? Um, so I, I, I it, it is a, I think it is a positive step that they were talking. And it's also disappointing that you hear things from both sides saying, well, wait, or the players saying we didn't agree to that or, you know, and the owners say, look, yep, nope, you agreed to it. Um, so I, I think unfortunately it is, um, uh, it, it's symbolic of the disconnect right now between the players and the owners, and um, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm very disappointed, just like uh, everyone and every baseball fan should be. Um, I realize that there are very complicated issues involved in this, uh, not the least of which is the safety and the appropriateness of when to play and how to protect the players and all the personnel. Uh, but yeah, it, it, it is disappointing that uh, we find ourselves in this situation as, as, as baseball fans, as people that love the game, as people that work in the game. So yeah, it, it's definitely disappointing. MLB Network's Robert Flores with us on 101 ESPN. Robert, I, I look at 60 games or 72 and look at the big picture, and I think kind of a drop in the bucket. Why do you think it's such a big deal for the players to get, at least reportedly, from 60 games to 72? Um, you, you look, and, and let, let me preface this by saying I am not an expert when it comes to uh, labor relations law and things like that, but... Um, the players want to play more so that they can – two things. Two, one, so that they can get paid more, which is – that is understandable. That is, uh, that is a legitimate reason to want to play more. But, but also I, I think that there's a sense of – look, baseball, uh, when we are not under – uh, these unusual circumstances is a season that has 162 games in it. Uh, before that, baseball was decided in a regular season of 144 games. So I get why those that say we need a longer season because that's just the nature of the game. But but from a player's perspective, they only have a finite amount of time to do what they do. Their career does not last. 20, 23 years. So, you know, if you lose a year 
of uh, you know of your career that that's a that's a big deal. So I, I can see why they want to play uh, uh, as many games as possible. Ruffalo, this entire thing has been so taxing. It's been ongoing, and a lot of people are very turned off by what they've seen but, and about the infighting in baseball. And I think it's only natural to look at the guy in charge, at Rob Manfred. A lot of people are pointing fingers at him saying, hey, maybe you should have stepped in and done this a little differently. So as you're looking at the way this has all played out, how would you evaluate the, the way that Rob Manfred has handled things as the commissioner of baseball? Well, listen, I, I think it's it's something that, um, as you said, everyone's disappointed that we find ourselves in this position, no matter if you, oops, sorry, no matter if you agree that, or, you know, if you find yourself agreeing more with the owners or you, you find you agree with the players, it, it, it's just disappointing. But I, I do know, as I said, they're dealing with some very, very complicated issues, issues that uh, quite frankly, we've, we've never faced before or uh, certainly for a, a very, very long time. I mean, uh, so I, I just think that it's, it, it's a very, very difficult situation that the two sides find themselves in. And they're, you know, clearly they want to play. Everyone wants to play. Both sides, the players, the owners, the league, everyone wants to play. But how do you get there? How do you get to that? find that roadmap to to a deal um right now it's it's difficult and uh both sides just have to do do their best to kind of come together and and at least they were in a room right so as i said that that's a very positive step but where it goes from here um that no one knows but at least they're talking that's 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 good but we're just not quite there yet Robert, we've heard a lot about last year's start for the Nationals, 19 and 31 after 50 and uh, after uh, 72, 34 and 38. They were eight games out of first. So if we do play either 60 or 72, is there a part of that that does intrigue you? We always talk about baseball being a marathon, not a sprint. Does Are you intrigued by the idea of having a sprint and not a marathon? Yeah, I am a little bit. Um, I, I, I think that... Um, I mean, you talk about urgency. Uh, every game, it, it, it's almost like an, uh, you know, an NFL regular season a little bit. I mean, if, is, seriously, if you go on a on a run where you lose six of ten, or you know, you you drop eight of twelve, or something like that. I mean, it it, it takes on added urgency. So, if if it is a situation where you do have a a, a season of I, I don't know, 55 games, 69 games, whatever. It, it's going to be, I don't want to say weird, but it's just going to be a whole new, a whole new rhythm to the game. And, um, you, you know, what happens and ultimately who wins a league like that, who wins a, a season like that, that's going to be interesting too, because then I, I don't want to say you put an asterisk by it, but it, it's like, how do we look at the, how do we look at the champion of the, of the 2020 season? I, I mean, it, it's going to be really fascinating to, to just see how it's all conducted. And then ultimately who wins it? How do we look up? How do we look at that team? How are they going to be viewed through the lens of history as we go forward? Ruffalo, it also feels like the national league as we know it is no longer. How do you feel about a universal DH? I'm in favor of it. I, I mean, for the most part, uh, 
you know, maybe if it's Madison Bumgarner or something like that, I, I, I don't need to see pitchers hit. I, I don't, I don't need to see them up there flailing away. Just like I normally would not want to see punters or kickers run the ball. I, I don't need to see it. Okay, it's not, it's not what you do. You don't practice it. You're not good at it. Uh, I, I mean, so yeah, I, I've been in favor of the universal DH for for a while now. Put, I, I just think it's ridiculous that you have these that you have teams playing each other uh, uh, on a, throughout the regular season and one league plays by different rules. It, it's, it's, I, I didn't, I didn't like it to begin with. So let's just get the universal DH. Um, the other thing that this thing is kind of the other layer of disappointment is that I, I think baseball had a chance to really do some interesting things, some unique things that because of these circumstances we find ourselves in, you could have, Taken some chances, tinkered tinkered with the rules a little bit. Um, now I don't know if you do that because, as I said, as I said we're, we're running out of time, and you find your the two sides now find themselves up against it, right? I mean, we we only have a, a fine. There's only a short amount of time to get a deal done, and I don't know if you can kind of throw in all these other rule changes and tinkering and stuff like that. But if you can add an extra round to playoffs, some more playoff teams, I think that's very good too. Robert Flores, good to hear your voice. Thanks so much for taking some time with us. We do appreciate it. And uh, once we're playing games, we'll have you back on. And hopefully that'll be soon. Absolutely. Sounds good. You guys have a great day. You too. Thank you. That is Roflo, Robert Flores on 101 ESPN. By the way, Michelle, I should point out, because I did talk about the Washington record last year after the thresholds that presumably we would have this year. After 60 games last year, the Cardinals were... 31 and 29. They were two games over. And after 72 games, they were 37 and 35, two games over. So mm. every team that makes the playoffs is going to have to get off to a good start. Yes, they will. And that, the sprint aspect of it will be fun because it's it's going to zip by and playing, hopefully, part of July, August, and September. And then it'll be over until, well, we get those that NHL-style playoff. Which I think could be very fun. Yeah, 16 teams. And we need to, f- but one thing we need to do, and we can do that here on Character and Swalman because we're good at this, mm-hmm. is find somebody to hate on the opposition. Oh, that's easy. Yeah. Who's the Brad Marchand of the team that we're going to be playing against? And you know what? We'll, we'll, uh, we can do a poll. We can all together mm-hmm. find someone to hate. Uh, and that's not until the first round of the playoffs. Coming up, get your text into the Air Comfort Service text line 65780. We've got Take It or Leave It for you next on 101 ESPN. Take it or leave it. Give us your feedback now by texting 65780. It's Take It or Leave It with Carriker and Smallman on 101 ESPN. Time for Take It or Leave It. Get your text into the Air Comfort Service text line 65780. And with questions for Michelle and I, here's Colin Surrey. Colin, take it away. All right, you guys. A 100-year-old stud tortoise named Diego a went stud in. tortoise? Stud tortoise. So not this is a tortoise any... that they use to breed other other tortoises? Yes. Okay. Not just any regular tortoise. Think no of idea. the studliest tortoise you can imagine. And his name is Diego, <laughs> who went into retirement after a long career helping save the world's tortoise population. Probably. Diego is the father of over 800 tortoises, but now it's time for Diego to rest. So he's like the Sean Kemp of turtles. Uh, Exactly, exactly. 
Okay. Take it or leave it. Diego has done enough to be considered a first ballot Hall of Famer. Oh, take it. What a, what a retirement. <laughs> I mean, you have to take it. 800 yeah. baby tortoises. Right, he got it. And saved the world's tortoise population. Diego is a star. He's a stud, Randy. He's a stud. <laughs> well played. <laughs> but, you know, I love his name, too, Diego. You're going to mate with Diego today. It's yeah, a, a great name. <laughs> One of my favorite pitchers when I was a little, little kid, the Cardinals had a pitcher named Diego Sigui. I don't think he was a turtle, though. He was a stud, though. Right? Was, oh, yeah. There you go. Yeah, he was a stud. And you know what? I think it's appropriate that Diego is resting now because he can collect on all those Tortoise Father's Day gifts coming up this weekend. Oh, yeah. Big time. <laughs> yeah. So, and for all of the people that he mated with, he took it slow. So, they, they enjoyed it. <laughs> now the people, the tortoises. But I'm... <laughs> Thanks for the dad Joe character. Do you think towards the end there, Diego was just like, I can't, not again. Not no, again. no, no way. But think, okay, but he was successful 800 times. How many times were they having Diego mate a day? That's a great point. That's impressive, actually. I wonder if they had any special chemicals, if they fed him blue pills or anything. <laughs> I wonder if Diego had to then have conversations with each of the 800 other female tortoises like, hey, babe, I got something to tell you. <laughs> oh, yeah. Diego Jr., 799 other siblings. I got 400 other families. <laughs> Sorry. Do you think he was sending tortoise food in a shoebox? <laughs> yeah, he was. Diego, you earned it. What this a legend. One, Honestly, just shout out Diego. Oh, yeah, big time. Shout out Diego. Yeah, proud of you. This one comes from the 573 on the Air Comfort Service text line, 65780 to text in. Take it or leave it. Unless Rob Manfred discovers a cure for COVID-19, he will always be the worst commissioner in pro sports. Oh, I have to leave that. A buoy Kuhn was pretty bad. It was really bad. Um... You know, Gary, uh, well, heck, the uh, the NHL had a guy who uh, got the job basically because he did a favor for somebody. So, yeah, there, there have been some really bad commissioners in sports. Do you think Roger Goodell is worse than Rob Manfred? Because I know we tend to live in the moment and everyone's mad at Rob Manfred right now. But think about all the things that Roger Goodell has screwed up. Ray Rice, Spygate. Kaepernick, all of these things that you could point to. It's almost as if the NFL has succeeded in spite of the way that Roger Goodell has handled things. And not to mention, when you when we look back on history at the Rams leaving St. Louis mm -hmm. and the domino effect of how that's going to impact the league, I think a lot of people are going to point to Goodell and be like, you should not have allowed this to go down. By 2024, the perception will be dramatically different because right now, what you're saying is, okay, the league's always been there for me and from the standpoint of owners, they've made a lot of money. And there are a lot of players, even though there are a lot of players that hate him, mm -hmm. there are also a lot of players like Michael Vick that really became, he became a mentor for. And it's not just Vick. There are multiple guys. He'll never be appreciated, I don't think, by Tom Brady that much. But I don't think anything is that he's done is as just messed up as what Manfred has done in the last couple of months. This one comes from the 314 on the Air Comfort Service text line. So we all know Randy would trade away Jack Flaherty for Nolan Arenado. 
take it or leave it on a trade of Jack Flaherty for Francisco Lindor? No chance. No. Because you're going to lose Lindor. I'm trading for control of a player. And Lindor is going to be gone here within two years. Like the Cardinals wouldn't pay Flaherty, they won't pay Lindor either. They aren't going to give that guy that that contract for $35 a year. And one of the points we made yesterday was that the Rockies are going to have to pay some of the salary of Nolan Arenado. The Cardinals just are not in that market. So let's take an escape from reality for a second then and consider if Lindor did have the same control that you would have with Nolan Arenado, then would you consider that trade? Yes, absolutely. I, I, I think pretty much everybody would. Uh, here you've got a premier shortstop defensively with as great as the Cardinals have had at shortstop. He'd be their best defensive shortstop since Ozzy. It's 30 home runs. It's uh, He's a great offensive player. You can hit him anywhere from one to five in the lineup. And he is a face of the franchise guy. He's got the best smile in baseball. Absolutely, I would make that move. Of course you would, Randy. You're ready to deal with Jack Flaherty for anybody these days. <laughs> Jeez. You want to throw another name out there so Randy can trade Jack Flaherty? Well, I had to switch it up a little bit just to paint Randy into the corner that he had to trade away Jack again. If I think at their core, I think Lindor is a better player than Arenado is. But... Uh, no, you, you don't, uh, unless you're getting absolute certainty in terms of cost and length of deal, you don't move Flaherty. But because you can get a preeminent player, perhaps a Hall of Famer, for a guy that if things go south with Flaherty and the Baseball Players Association, you might have him pitch for you for one more full season. Next year might be the last full season that he pitches for you because you have a strike in 2022. Players in every single work stoppage have gotten service time for that year. Every single work stoppage. And the one main thing that players are looking for in a new CBA is what? Free agency with less service time. So even if it goes down to five years after 2022, well, he pitched day 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, you might have Jack Flaherty pitching for you for one more full season. It's a terrifying thought. It is. You know what? I'm having so much fun actually discussing baseball with you guys. Let's keep it going. This one from the 314. Take it or leave it. Dylan Carlson is on the Cardinals opening day roster if and when it starts up. I'm going to take it because we're going to have an expanded roster. And he was on the precipice of making the team anyway. And there's going to be no minor league baseball. So you want to have him playing this year or at least with you practicing every day. Yeah, I'm going to take that. I'm taking it, too, for two reasons. Number one, it's a sprint. You better have all your yep. best guys there ready to go. No excuses this year for the Cardinals to test out. How mu- we? How many times have we had the debate? How long is the leash for this player? How long is the leash for that player? Cut the leash. We need the best players out there. We need the guys who are performing out there. Number two, baseball better realize that these young stars that they have, get them out there. We need guys like Dylan Carlson yeah. in uniform on the field to give fans a reason to watch the game. Because guess what? All the people out there like me that are really angry at baseball, I'm sure. Certainly turning on Fox Sports Midwest to watch Dylan Carlson. I don't care how angry I am. Definitely. Thank you, Colin. Thank you. And thank you very much for your text to the Air Comfort Service text line at 65780. Michelle and I have our fresh take and baseball may be coming back next on 101 ESPN. That was the Character and Smallman podcast on 101 ESPN.